This is Getting Lit with Linda Mora, the podcast where you can come and get lit, Canadian lit, that is. Join Linda as she talks about authors in Canada and sometimes with them, using her expertise to shed light on recent and not-so-recent writers. And now, get set for Getting Lit with Linda. Hi, this is Linda Mora, and you're listening to Getting Lit with Linda. You can hear in the background probably some birds and a breeze. So you can tell that I'm sitting outside. And in fact, I'm sitting in the backyard of Lori Schubert. She's the executive director of the Quebec Writers' Federation. So before I go any further, let me say that that's still in Montreal, which is on the unceded territory of the Kanyagahaga. It's a meeting place for many First Nations, including the Haudenosaunee, the Six Nation Confederacy, the Anishinaabeg, and Algonquin peoples. So, again, I am here with Laurie Schubert. Hi, Laurie. Hi, Linda. It's great to see you after so many months. (laughs) I know, I know. It's been so hard. Well, we're sitting here today uh, to chat a little bit about the Quebec Writers' Federation, about which I think some of our our listeners would like to know a little bit more and um, about which some of our listeners may know nothing at all. Right. So we have a a kind of wide-ranging audience. So I thought we would start by talking about what the Quebec Writers' Federation is. Can we start with that? Sure, of course. Yeah, so uh, it's interesting. I moved here from the States, and I knew I was moving to a province that was primarily Francophone, but until you get here, you don't realize that what that means is that there's a minority population here of Anglophones, people who speak English. And because writers are so tied to language, so back in the 1980s, a bunch of writers got together and decided that what they needed to do was to form a sort of a collective, both to promote their own work and, and their community in the rest, in the province and the rest of Canada, and also to talk to the governments uh, about funding and things like that, so to represent the minority population of English language writers in Quebec. There was no such organization? Well, what happened in the 80s was two organizations formed. One was uh, to provide professional development, workshops primarily, I think that's what they did mostly, and the other was to set up literary awards for English writers, and so those two organizations existed side by side for about 10 years, Mm -hmm. and then they merged, and at that time they took on the name Quebec Writers Federation. So that's the history of the organization. In that time, since 1998, when QWF, the Quebec Writers Federation, actually came into existence as a legal entity. Um, We've expanded and expanded and grown and we have more members than we ever had before and we have more activities and we're doing more outreach into the community at large. So before we even get there, let's back up a little bit. (laughs) That's me. Just set me set me off. (laughs) I'd like to know a little bit more about you're assuming the role in the Quebec Writers Federation because some people may not know this but you actually have a background in music and so you come with this unique background into the Federation. Yeah I have a very checkered past and that I was... (laughs) Checkered makes it sound like Lori you're a criminal. (laughs) Um, I was uh, I was singing professionally in New York City but I also did all the coursework for a PhD in literature and I didn't know that. Yeah, so I was always interested in, in reading and analyzing literature. I was not looking to be a writer myself, but the interest was there. But then I fell in love with singing. I'd been singing as an amateur all my life, but I found that I could get professional gigs and I studied voice and I got more and more involved in that. As a choral singer primarily, I wasn't I didn't have a solo career. So that performance aspect 
the ability with language and the ability to perform I'm, I'm skipping over a little bit, but I That's ended okay. up doing a job that was corporate training, which was pretty interesting, actually. And in that job, I uh, was teaching employees of Fortune 500 companies and others in New York and New Jersey. I didn't know this about you. Yeah, right? to do uh, presentation skills for business and writing for business. So I, I gathered a lot of different skills and abilities and the performance ability, like I enjoyed doing the workshops with them because I was a performer and I liked being in front of a little audience, yeah. but I also drew on my knowledge of English. I'd had to teach grammar at Columbia University. Um, I was getting my uh, master's and then my doctorate that I never got. Well, <laughs> um, ABT, essentially. ABT. Well, no, I didn't do the comps. It was as soon as it got really tough, I, uh, I, I, I said, oh, yeah, I, I think you, I'll sing. You, no, I've never, honestly, never regretted it. But um, I was teaching grammar, so I had to actually learn grammar because, you know, I knew a lot of it instinctively from reading. But So anyway, I have lots of, lots of background. I can vouch personally for Lori's sense of grammar. We once had a debate over a question of grammar, which Lori won for the record, but that's how good she is. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, so I, ha I brought a whole lot of um, skills that were not necessarily apparently related to Montreal when I moved here in 1990 and I worked as a freelancer. I did teach uh, writing communication skills at McGill and at Concordia. Uh, and then I freelanced as a corporate writer, business writer. Um, and then I got to the point where I wanted to have a job outside the home. My son had grown up and I just started looking around and my neighbor who lives right over there, I know <laughs> other people can't see, was working at QWF. Lori's gesturing toward, well, if you were all here, toward the backing up truck that we hear in the background, but also to her neighbor on her right. We can't see the truck, I just want to say. <laughs> know it's there <laughs> um, and she had was had announced that she was going to be leaving her position in like a year so um, I I'd gathered some other skills that were important in the meantime in that my husband and I formed a professional choir in Montreal and and we had been running that for about five years so I'd been writing grant applications I knew all the funding agencies at all the different levels of government uh, and reporting and I of course organized all the concerts that I sang in so I knew how to organize an event like a, a you know a literary awards gala isn't all that different from a, a concert so, it's so a special special skill set. yeah so I just brought all these weird skills together and I was not a, a you know a super pro at any of them um, but uh, you know you can learn as you go and I did a lot of that at QWF especially as we entered the the computer age in the last you know the super everything's online in the cloud age uh, that's, that's so a new set of skills all yeah together. so but there is that there's this love of I know I should say that I've worked with Lori I was a former president of the Quebec Writers Federation so I know from personal experience Lori loves the arts <laughs> so it, it shows it shows in everything that you do Oh well thanks yeah no I've uh, enjoyed my work and it, the nice thing about I used to live in New York City which was wonderful when you're young um, but the wonderful thing about Quebec is that it's it's a more manageable Montreal's a more manageable size of community so you can really I was on the board of Elan twice you know you can really get involved in a number of ways and um, QWF is part of a real community of not just arts organizations but community organizations so it's it's a fantastic network that we're smack in the middle of 
So let's go back now to that narrative. So you step in, you become the executive director of the Quebec, not quite, you're shot, nodding your head saying, no, Linda, no, not quite like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I was hired as the administrator. Actually, I was hired, they didn't hire one person, they hired two people. Um, no they decided that, I think, largely uh, because of my French not being quite up to snuff, they thought they'd better get someone else in there for fundraising. Mm -hmm. And so they hired uh, Peter McFarlane, who's a writer, but also has quite a lot of experience uh, with arts running at the helm of arts organizations, and me, and I was to be the administrative director. And after a year or two, I can't remember exactly, Peter decided to step down, and at that point they you know, knew me well enough to know that I could take on his responsibilities as well. So that's when I got the title of executive director a few years into the job. What has changed since you started working as the executive director? Um, you know, it's interesting. Everything has changed and nothing has changed. Yeah. <laughs> um, the nothing is that we're still a, a very warm community. Uh, it's an organization where I know a lot of our members' faces and names, and even though we've got you know, between 750 and 800 members at a time. I know a lot of those people and they know each other and they, uh, everybody is so supportive, mutually supportive. It's fantastic. So that hasn't changed. And some of our core activities haven't changed. We're still doing literary awards, but we've added several to the original ones. Let's tell, um, uh, let's tell the listeners the, about the new programs sure. too, so that they know. Yeah. We'll talk about the literary awards yep. too, but also... The, right, the so then we've also added new programs, especially in the last few years, um, that do more uh, work in the community. So they're not necessarily professional development for our members, mm. but they do give our members who are professional writers an opportunity for employment. We have, the, the longest standing of these is the Writers in the Community program, where writers who are experienced working with at-risk youth go out into the community and run workshops that last 10 weeks, with an 11th week for evaluation. Uh, and that happens in conjunction with various community organizations and schools where these kids are gathered together, either because they go there for the day or, you know, or because they're perhaps under lock and key or in protection, youth protection. Uh, so we work with kids who are really in a hard place in their lives and uh, that's been very gratifying and rewarding. Uh, more recently we started a program called Storyscaping. What is that? That's one where we send writers out. We haven't actually sent them out physically yet because this program <laughs> launched in 2020. Um, oh, but yeah. we pivoted. Some, something might have happened in 2020 to have waylaid those. Right, we pivoted to online, <laughs> and we're going to be starting out. We're starting out this year's this starting the new contract online, but hopefully by the end of this year, uh, we'll be actually sending writers physically to remote locations in the province. Because one thing about QWF, we're located in Montreal. Ninety something percent of our members are based in Montreal, and there are writers writing in English or aspiring writers around the province yes, but yes. not in a big concentration in one place necessarily so yes. it's hard for us to provide services for them or it has been um, so this program is actually not intended for uh, professional writers but for people in the community who are um, looking to get together with others in their community and do something in the literary arts and what we offer are mostly storytelling and spoken word and some basic creative writing programs and they're for seniors and for youth
or for seniors and youth. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And the way it works is that we work with, again, we always have partners in the community. We couldn't do this on our own. Uh, we just have a staff of three, recently expanded from two. So no way we could do this without the invaluable uh, partnership from organizations around the province. And they will provide a venue and the uh, publicity to pull together a group. And then we will send either physically or electronically a writer to work with those people. Again, it's over three or four sessions. Um, and it's been very successful. The first year was tremendous. We had really great feedback, and okay. we've just recently announced the second year. We have funding from the province, uh, sorry, from the federal government for that. Um, and uh, many of the organizations that we worked with last year jumped back on for this year, and That's great. we also are starting to get some new ones as well. So we're spreading, the word is spreading. Um, you had mentioned that 90% of the members of the Quebec Writers' Federation seem to come from Montreal, but that there are this 10% that's scattered yeah. at eastern townships and elsewhere. Right. Um, I wondered if you could talk a little bit more about the demographics of the Quebec Writers' Federation. Sure. So we're not a writers' union. We don't have a, there's no gate to, to joining QWF. Anyone who's interested can join, even if they don't write. But most of our members do write. Some of them, I, I'd say about half of our members, or a little more than half actually, write professionally in varying degrees. Some of them might have a job writing for a medical company full-time, but they write poetry or plays or Lovely. working on their memoir or something. Others are the kind of people that you expect them to be when I say they're professional writers. They publish books and publish in journals, and so many have university positions as well, teaching, writing. Um, and then we have aspiring writers. We have students, student members. You can join QWF for $15. And we really only started that, uh, Linda, you'll remember, because you were president when we started that, what was it, like five years ago? I think so. Yeah. yeah that's right. So we have about, I think, 60 student members now. Up oh, from, really? Yeah, the first year we had maybe 15. I was going to say, I thought it was between 15 and 20. Yeah, no, we're, it's grown quite a lot. It's a great, I, I thought it was a great incentive. Yeah. I, I think for students it is quite reasonable, if I remember correctly it allows the students to get a discount on the workshop uh, right half price fees. that's yeah. correct yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. okay um, and since you left as president we also have lowered other barriers so things have improved yeah <laughs> no we've started a program called fresh pages oh, to yeah we want to kind of this came out of the um black lives matter movement actually no it was before that to tell you the truth, it was it was in 2019, I think, that we decided that we needed to do something for BIPOC members of the community uh, who maybe didn't know what the Quebec Writers Federation was and maybe hadn't been able to pursue their studies in creative writing for various uh, because of various um, roadblocks, uh, and we wanted to make make ourselves known to them and make our services available to some of them uh, without any concern about money. So we have, it's a, a program that has, I think it's four components now. Let's see if I can get this right. One is a mentorship, a direct mentorship program. We have mentorships. We have six mentorships every year, but there's a charge for applying uh, because of the costs associated with the program. So we created a new mentorship called the May Ruth Sarsfield mentorship, which is named after a grande dame, a black woman who is from Montreal and who wrote a, a wonderful novel called No Crystal Stair, uh, and also uh, entered the ranks of uh, diplomacy for Canada. She was really something. 
Uh, anyway, we've got with her family's permission, we named our mentorship after her, and that one is for a BIPOC individual. And we're alternating. The first year was 2020, and that was in poetry. And in 2021, it's in, been in fiction. And we'll do another genre next year. Haven't gotten there yet. Um, and then there's another component of Fresh Pages that is a mentorship and a guest curatorship of our words and music program which is a monthly program that we put on. I remember this, I think. Yeah, so um, it gives somebody who's a literary artist and performer the opportunity to curate, to come up with a theme for a show and to curate that show under the guidance of Ian Ferrier, who is the curator uh, mm-hmm. of Words and Music. Mm-hmm. And then the third opportunity is, and by the way, these people are all paid. They're not just given mentorship. They're given a very small, modest honorarium just because just because. Um, That's great. And the third component is the carte blanche mentorship and guest editor position, okay. uh, where somebody gets chosen to be uh, to work under the guidance of the editor of one of the sections. This year, it's creative nonfiction, working with our, our editor, Jenny Ferguson. And they will put together that section, get to write a, 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 an essay to go into the journal, so they get a publication out of it as well. And then the fourth component is simply workshop scholarships. Oh, wonderful. So we give eight scholarships a year through Fresh Pages. I didn't know that. That's really good. Yeah. So I wanted to go uh, back a little, if that's okay. We have been talking about the various programs that the Quebec Writers Federation offers, but earlier you mentioned something about the awards. Since some of the listeners of this particular podcast are international, they're not from Montreal or Quebec, they may not know what those awards are. Could you explain? Sure. Yeah. So as I said before, there was a a gap in what was happening in Quebec and uh, the founders of the award said, let's have a prize for fiction, nonfiction and poetry that are just for English language authors. And so that's what was set up in the late 1980s. And gradually they saw the need to add other prizes, a first book prize um, in I'm not sure when, a translation prize, which was an interesting addition because, as I said, we're representing English language, we're promoting English language literature. So the translation prize alternates uh, each year. One year it is for an English language translator who has taken a book out of French, translated it from the French. And then the next year it's for a French language translator who has taken an English language work and made it accessible to the Francophones. So that's the concept behind it. Um, And then most recently we've added two prizes. 2008 we added a prize for children's and young adult literature and just uh, 2000, I believe it was 2018, we added a prize for playwriting and that is for the the literary artifact, not for a particular production of a play. So new plays that have been written or produced in the previous year are eligible, previous two years are eligible for that. And the idea is, again, it's to give our authors, English language authors from Quebec primarily, except in the years when there are Francophone translators, um, an opportunity for an award because they're just, you know, Canada has a a fairly, I mean, it's, I'm not complaining, (laughs) but it has a fairly centralized literary community and that hub is in Toronto. So this is an opportunity to give some visibility, to give some promotion. You know, now that we have in alternate years, the Playwriting Prizes every two years, we have um, 21 finalists 
21 wow. people who get to say I was shortlisted for an award and uh, of course then there are the winners as well who get even more uh, benefit out of it but really for me part of the because I know I've seen too much of the underside of the underbelly <laughs> <laughs> of how awards are given um, to say that it's only for the people who win the awards it's really an opportunity for the community to celebrate the output of the entire community and to just get together once a year and have a, a really great party. Um, so we have a literary awards gala every November. It's not a fundraising event, it's a celebration. And it is, I think, uh, known across Canada uh, as a, a very successful event, a good, a good uh, showing from the community. I mean, we, we sell out every year. You know, it, it's an interesting thing, Laurie, that, that you say that, that some, in some ways Quebec Anglophone writers don't get the kind of attention. It's a fact that before I moved here, I didn't realize how many exceptional writers there were. It, in fact, I went from Ontario to British Columbia to Quebec, and every time I moved from one province to another, I, I became acquainted with or aware of this amazing body of writers. And the Quebec Writers' Federation, for me, had a huge hand um, in making me more aware of the kinds of the vibrant community, really. Well, that's, uh, that's really good to hear because that's one of the things we aim to do. And we do have an online literary database, uh, which anyone can check from anywhere in the world to see. Can you tell the, the listeners sure. how they can access that? Yeah, yeah. It's Quebec Books, all one word. So Q-U-E-B-O-O-K-S. Um, quebecbooks.qwf.org and I'll make sure that goes in our show notes as well so it'll be easy for them to access great yeah and so you can see there are well over a thousand uh, authors and um, and even more books in there um, and there are little summaries of the books there are there's a searchable uh, it's a searchable database so that you can just say show me the fiction winners from the you know since the inception of the prizes or all of the finalists or just show me everything you've got in mm -hmm. children's literature. In perusing the website, Lori, I noticed that you have a couple of residencies. Could you comment on those? Yes, we, we are very pleased to have those. Um, one is in partnership with CBC Montreal. Uh, it's a digital re residency and it has now been expanded to, uh, I believe, five writers a year. And so they have an opportunity, to, again, to work with a CBC editor to learn, uh, this is for their website, not for the radio, um, to learn, you know, what CBC is looking for in a writer for their books website. Um, and uh, they get published, so it's a good credit, and they get paid by the CBC oh, for, their, for their blog. So the other residency is um, something that we worked on for years to get going. We wanted to be able to offer a truly amazing experience to one writer every year and we found a wonderful sponsor for this by the name of Rosalind Margulies. Uh, Rosalind wanted to honor her husband who had died, uh, Max Margulies, by sponsoring some sort of a literary activity because he was a tremendous reader of fiction and uh, loved it dearly and kept a little card catalog of three by five cards on which he wrote about every book. He wrote a critique of every book that he read. Uh, it was really extraordinary. And so, hope, by the way, I hope yep. kept those cards. Oh, she has them, yeah, oh, that's yeah, wonderful. for sure. Um, and I will say also that she sponsors other activities as well, not with QWF, but uh, with other entities around the city. So she's really done an enormous 
amount for the literary arts in Montreal, yeah. Anyway, what we landed on after much research was a residency in Dublin, Ireland. Oh, great. Okay. Yes, oh. yes. And so that's a, it's a one-month residency. The initial kickoff was to be in August 2020. Oh, so once again, it had to, this one we did not pivot to online. <laughs> <laughs> we had to put it off and uh, we subsequently booked it for September of 2021, but we're now moving it to the spring of 2022 to make sure we can really make it happen. There are no more impediments. Yeah. So um, the, the winner of that residency was announced at a time before, is, her name is Tracy Waddleton. Okay. She has published one book. Um, she was in competition. We had a lot of applicants for that. Not you can, yeah, can yeah. Imagine. She she was um, in competition with some of the biggest names in our community, and hers was a less known name. But uh, the jury was really blown away by her plan and for what she was working on and why it would be good to be in Dublin, and and so she won it. And uh, Tracy is from Newfoundland. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but she moved to Montreal some years ago and uh, has been here since. So she's been very patient, <laughs> waiting for the pandemic to end so that she can realize her, her residency in Ireland. And Tracy, we're thank you to for it. being so patient. <laughs> <laughs> We've all had to be patient. Yes, that's some for level. sure. So, all right, I'm just going to repeat this for the listeners. In case you want more information about the Quebec Writers' Federation, you can go to www.qwf.org and I'll make sure that those are in our show notes so that you can check and get more information. Laurie, thank you for joining me today on Getting Lit with Linda. It's been a pleasure. It's been a joy, and uh, I apologize for the wind in my backyard. No, no. <laughs> Everyone, I hope you enjoyed the birds and the wind and so on. Truck backing up. <laughs> that was Getting Lit with Linda, hosted by Linda Mora. If you have a topic you would like to see covered, write to us at gettinglitwithlinda at gmail.com. Until next time, we hope you continue to get lit.